And welcome back to Summer of Stiller. Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome back, like I said. I don't know why I said welcome back twice. I've already messed up this intro. Um, <laughs> here's Justin, and we're discussing uh, Tropic Thunder and The Watch. Okay. Uh, Justin, how are you doing? I'm fantastic, actually. How are you doing? I'm great. You know, I got a jacket on. You know, we're finally getting some nice weather here. Got the window open. It's true. It's it's just it's great. You know, we got to savor this. Six probably six days we'll have this weather. True. You probably have a little bit better because you're you're a little more north. So true. It was in the 30s yesterday. Very brief. Wow. Still though, that's crazy. Nice. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that skit, by the way. We worked really hard on that. True. Took a long time to come up with 30, that. 30 minutes after we were supposed to... It's been three it. hours, actually. <clears throat> Justin, you, you don't have to cover for me. It's been three hours. Okay. We were working I, on the I skit. Didn't we were, I didn't know if we were... <laughs> no, no. We were working on that skit for three hours, so I really, really hope you guys enjoyed that, and I think it will be worth it. True. I agree. Um, listen, on the other hand, one thing we we actually did do was start talking about the movies before the podcast even was rolling. <laughs> There's no True. joke there. It's just, we're just like, oh yeah, and that scene and, and the watch and uh, we're just like doing quotes and stuff. It was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just real quick, side note, I'm not sure if you're using the big mic in front of you or if you're using your headphones mic. What do you mean? Um, I say this only because i thought i heard like a ruffling noise of it moving against your collar just checking no i guess not i guess not we're good. yeah okay. okay we're good we're good we're good okay so yeah a few i suppose we could do the classic start chronologically and begin with tropic thunder which of course came out in 2008 um so I guess I'll take this one. So for those who don't know, uh, Tropic Thunder, I mean, once again, like I feel like I've been saying this every episode. Maybe it's just a, a sign of me not realizing that Ben Stiller really has such a wide range of filmography that everyone is aware of to some degree because it's like, I'm like, everyone knows Night at the Museum, obviously. Everybody knows uh, Dodgeball, Everybody knows Zoolander. And now I'm like, oh, everybody knows Tropic Thunder. You know what I mean? It's like a net's never ending. He's got so many hits. That's true. Um, and Meet the Parents. And Meet the Parents. You're right. That was the first one. So it's like everyone, yeah. I'm like, yeah, you guys know about this. This is the biggest Ben Stanley. Um He's a huge yeah. household name, bro. He is. It's so weird to think about. Do you, do you think he actually is a huge household name? Like, do you think... We're just, like, delusional? I, I can't tell. Like, guys... <laughs> I was gonna say leave comment, a comment. Yeah, comment whether <laughs> Ben Stiller is a household name in your house. <laughs> How many members of your family know go around ask them to name two Ben Stiller movies, okay? If they get that correct. Then you drop a comment and you say the names and address of the family members who So we can mail them um the DVD. Spot. Well actually this is a good time to mention we're finally doing it this is the last time you guys will our video listeners will see and our audio listeners will hear about the suicide squad dvd because unfortunately in the 60 hour window no one commented 
and was able to steal the DVD. Fortunately for the prize winner, though. Fortunately for M, this is now yours. We're going to film, I'm sure we'll film a little promo of me giving it to you sort of thing. Um, But it's going to be sad. It's been a year. We've been doing this for a year. What's what's next? True. DVD-wise, I don't know, but I can tell you there's a pretty, pretty nice giveaway coming up. I don't know if you remember, I mentioned this to you, the idea I had for the finale, hopefully the finale time, if the timeline goes well, uh, episode. Uh, Should we talk about it now or do you think we should save it? Um... Just to get That's people going. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I, I, yeah. Let's just say it now because we know that people. It took a year to get the DVD. True. We should at least give it a few extra weeks. So, guys, I'm very proud to announce. You guys remember we did the Shrek giveaway? It was a very popular one. They got a lot of views on my story. Not any more participants than a normal DVD giveaway, but it got a lot of views and likes. So, relative again, this is like two or three more, but. <laughs> Uh, we're proud to announce this kind of a sequel to that giveaway. We're going to be doing another movie showing giveaway. So you will be attending the premiere weekend of Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, uh, releasing on, let me just double check that date, December 21st. So the weekend of December 21st, you are going to get to see Puss in Boots 2 with Justin and me. And once again, we're willing to to drive a little bit, not any farther than like an hour, but you know, if North, South, Tampa, Venice sort of thing, you know, uh, just, you know, we'll work it out. And all of our dedicated Tampa listeners. <laughs> yeah. They're in like St. Pete. Martin, I know you're out there. Yeah. True. I might do that. Soltrum. Soltrum, you want to. Soltrum. Soltrum, you want to see Puss and Boots? The ironic thing about these giveaways is if we were like, if we told any of these people we we're going to see a mo- this movie, do you want to come? They'd probably say yes anyway. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's funny. But anyway, that's the giveaway. So now we're to the hard part. So to enter into this giveaway, <laughs> to enter into this giveaway, we're going to be doing another. So for the Shrek thing, I don't know if you remember, Justin, for the audience as well. Um, we did a trivia question. So we did a, a trivia right. thing that was who won the Bad Boys DVD and was given a Minions DVD instead. Of course, the answer is Kevin Zoo. You guys knew that. But I'm thinking that was pretty fair game. It gets people to, to participate, even though, you know, because they're not going to listen to the episode. So, you know, um, we're going to do that again. So we're going to be, there's going to be a trivia question. However, if you are an eager listener right now and you want a little, you want some brownie points, maybe you want a little preferred selection if there's more than one winner. I'm going to give you a chance right now. And I want you to comment on the Instagram post for this episode a three-sentence response to the following prompt. The prompt is, should Robert Downey Jr. have done blackface in Tropic Thunder? Slash, that, okay, two options, that one, or, <laughs> or, or, <laughs> or would, would that work today? And what are the social implications of Tropic Thunder releasing today? And Dude, answer with at least. Reason... Okay, continue. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 go ahead. <laughs> I'm coming with this. Top, this is the top of my head, so I don't. I'm saying people haven't even commented like a anything. Word. Yeah. Not even a single word. 
and you're asking him <laughs> to respond three senses to specific yeah. problems. I thought it would be com- that's why yeah, I thought that would be comedic, but obviously it is totally hilarious, impractical. Maybe I don't know if you have a better idea. I don't know, but no, I think that's a great one actually. I think, and this is just this is just the extra. This isn't even for the right. The main. So if you yeah. do this, then on top of that, if you're tied with the correct answers on the trivia. That'll push you over the edge. That'll push you. And then we'll be like, oh, well, this guy answered the mm-hmm. the Robert Downey Jr. Uh, blackface prompt. Maybe. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you know? And if, if multiple people both do the comment and on top of that, also both get the trivia right, then it's another tie. At that point, then we'll delve specifically into the actual quality and content of your writing yes and then on top of that if that also is a tie <laughs> then you actually have to you can send it <laughs> <God damn it. laughs> it'll be a funny sensor though um but yeah no if if there's multiple ties we will usually here's a better one to replace that censored one we put you in a fistful of frags versus mode against you get to choose either against justin or me and the winner of that versus mode round. So we're talking 14 minutes on desert, on forest, <laughs> on not a river. Not, sorry, not, not river. river. On desert, forest, you know, we'll work out the exact scoring later. I think that'd be more fun. You know, it's a free game. It's on Steam, you know. And oh. if you can't run it, like Connor, who claims it won't work on his computer. It's actual bullshit, yeah. I think it works on every computer. It but literally works on every... Unless you have a computer from the year 2005, it will work on your computer. Which is only three years before the game came out. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm telling you, you can run it. But if you can't, then it's fist fight. Okay. You get to choose. And if you choose me, that's an assured win. So, (laughs) you choose Justin. You guys, was anyone else at Lido Day? I would not choose Justin. (laughs) (laughs) I would not choose Justin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because you ever see, you guys ever seen footage of like a spider monkey like <laughs> those are doctored photos <laughs> are there photos slash videos I've no, never no. seen any there are only videos. Yeah, yeah. okay because it only exists in my memory right now I want to see some okay. videos yeah. there's the video of me in the surf like around Tommy's <laughs> back I have him in a headlock and here's the thing I don't remember how this happened there was like a like a straight elbow or like a fist or something because there's a lot of you know yeah. scrambling. Something caught me in the lip, and so my lip was bleeding. And it, the, my positioning, we're on the ground. I'm around his back, and he's on his back, so I'm like pinned to the ground underneath. Yeah, I remember this. But my head is like over his shoulder, and it looks like I'm biting his ear. Because of my position in my mouth, and there's blood coming out of it, and it, it it genuinely looks like I'm like biting this kid's ear off, which is why, maybe not specifically because of the ear thing, but the blood is why Kevin Zhu came in and broke it up before the fight finished. Holy shit! So technically, there was no real winner. Okay. There was no real winner, and it seems kind of like dick move of me to be on the podcast where Tommy's not here to be able to defend his own viewpoint but let well, me just be the one to say i, I would have won because i had him in a headlock but he's <laughs> no. not going anywhere he literally had him in a headlock and before he could tap out kevin's like it's over so i i true and I, almost everybody on 
not both sides, but you know what I mean? Everybody I've heard of who's talked about this agrees that you won. In fact, Tommy himself agrees that you won. I know he's not here, but I can quote him directly because I drove him home afterwards. <laughs> I remember he hearing like, he thought that I cheated somehow. Well, and he's like, it's not fair. <laughs> he, but the point is, even though he said it wasn't fair, you he still acknowledged that you won. He was clearly pissed that you won. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I, I do think it should... I don't know how officially we can call it because it didn't run to completion. You know, it's possible something... There, you, it's impossible to know what could have happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is, of course, the whole issue with the fact that it was canceled early. I thought there was a reason. Like, if I had known that the reason Kevin Zoo broke it up was because I had blood on my lip, which I didn't even know. Like, I didn't have, like, my lip was in pain, mm-hmm. probably because of the adrenaline. You I also attacked it, Kevin Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> if I had known, I would have fucking attacked Kevin <laughs> No, I probably would have just, like, been like, dude, it's fine. Let's just finish this fight. Yeah, no, and then Kevin Zoo would call the cops. <laughs> I literally didn't even notice my... If I hadn't seen the video, I would have no memory that my lip had been bleeding. Yeah, no, I will say my only memory of it is... You guys were on the... So if you enter... You know, it's a little day. You enter the waters in front of you, obviously. There's a space on the right. There's a space on the left. I think the left side has the bench, right? You guys were on the left side right. of the clearing. I was on the right side, sitting there with Manny and Chris Wolf. And I look over... You guys are fighting, and my so distinct in my head is like <laughs> Tommy's standing there, and he's like, "Oh, video, video listeners, video listeners will get a kick out of this. Audio listeners, I'm sorry." <laughs> he's he's like, "You're in front of him," and he's like, and then I don't know, <laughs> this is just my memory, but then the next in a flash, he's like, Ugh, and you're climbing on his back like a monkey, like an actual monkey. Colossus. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Climbing on his back, and then you have your arms around his neck like this. It was the most awesome thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) I remember. I don't. I don't know how this happened, but we like rapidly worked our way into the water. So like to the point where we were like, he was like trying to get me underwater. I feel like trying to drown. No, not trying to drown me, but obviously, like I can't hang on to him if I'm underwater like that. True. Yeah. So I mean. We were, like, in the surf. There's, like, water splashing. It is just so funny to me. Also, for the context of any viewers or listeners who have no idea what we're talking about, it was a class reunion the summer after we graduated high school at the beach. And these were, like, organized wrestling matches that were played to tap out. or only happened at this... Only happened, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but only happened at this specific Lido day. Like, I don't remember the the, Okay, so there were wrestling matches, hence why me getting hit in the lip was not, like, an intentional aspect of the fight. It's just a byproduct. It's not a hazard. This wasn't, like, punching and shit. This was just only, like, grips and, you know, that was it. That's why I had him in a headlock. Anyway, there was also a sanctioned boxing match. There was a few, actually. I don't know if this is the same Lido day, though. There was Michael Forbes... And somebody, I don't remember who. I, do, I remember this. Maybe. Yeah. And then there was also Javier and Anthony Angelastro. Jesus. <laughs> I don't, that, was, that was a brutal one because Javier just like decked him. Because yeah, everyone obviously. thought it was like a playful thing. And he just like decked him. And everyone was like, okay, fight's over. Right. This needs to stop. But yeah, I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if that was the same Luda day or not. 
Yeah, no. Um, man, Lido days were interesting. Uh, but yeah, no. And then, for reference, Tommy's like pretty tall. He's a pretty tall guy. He's like six, maybe six one, maybe six two. I don't know at this point, but he's much taller relatively to Justin. So just again, True. just to see the shadow of the Colossus thing was like <laughs> absurd. Like, <laughs> um, but anyway, I digress. We all know Tommy's. We've so <laughs> we've deeply digressed from Travis. Yeah, I don't know how this started, but oh, Puss in Boots. No, that's not it. Oh, the fist fight. To, so, yes, uh, yeah. Puss also, boots, yeah. again, that was not a fist fight. So you might saw a chance against me, maybe. True, but anyway, you don't have a chance if it was against Javier. Though. Remember to comment that prompt and/or look out for the trivia question coming in the coming weeks. All right, so now we can get to Tropic Thunder. Uh, you know, uh, released in two thousand eight, um, directed by Ben Stiller, like so many other great Stiller movies, directed by himself. Um, Obviously, the uh, the premise of this is it's basically a satirical look at, as I just read somewhere when I was trying to research the Robert Downey Jr. thing, they 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 made a good uh, phrasing of it, which was that it's a satirical analysis and mockery of the dark underbelly of Hollywood, um, you know, including the production of movies pr uh act just prima donna actors um and then also just the state of hollywood you know at the beginning we get a bunch of trailers for fake movies obviously all hilarious um including one of my favorite ones which is robert johnny jr's character kirk lazarus this is before his blackface is when he's an australian man uh playing in a a movie uh, with Tobey Maguire. Um, as himself. Just, as himself, playing Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire playing Tobey Maguire. Um, where MTV's it's, Best Kiss Award winner. <laughs> yeah. So they play two priests slash monks. Is it monks or priests? I don't know. Um, monks, yeah. Monks who are having a extramarital, not marital because they're monks, but they're having an affair with each other, even though they're supposed to be celibate monks um which is great very funny um devil's alleyway true <laughs> that's yeah that's what it's called um but yeah so it's a kind of parody of all those things combined so you know the the premise of the uh, plot of the movie itself um is there's this uh vietnam veteran named staff sergeant four leaf who has a memoir called Tropic Thunder and they're making it into a film and star of this is obviously Ben Stiller's character, Tug Speedman, who is a uh, kind of a washed up actor, former action hero. One of the trailers you see at the beginning is for one of his sequels of his many long running. It's he's like a, it's like a Sylvester Stallone type character. Yeah. Well, he does one like, goofy action movie that has like eight sequels that are and he has a funny line in that too where he's like i'm coming back again again <laughs> no it's here we go again oh, here we go again, again. Dude, and he's got like delivery it's so yeah, good it's perfect um 
so he's one of the actors in this movie. Uh, then there's obviously, like I mentioned, Kirk Lazarus, who is underwent uh, <laughs> to for this role. He's like a this is a parody of like sort of the Jared Leto type of actors who are like method actors to a fault, where it just makes no sense. It is insensitive and terrible, um, which we'll obviously discuss further later. Um, so he he gets. Rather than just doing blackface, he gets actual. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he got actual surgery. It was pigmentation. Yeah. It was pigmentation correction or some shit. Yeah, like it's something like that, which is absurd. Right. <laughs> and I feel like is another reason why it kind of underscores like this guy is supposed to be a piece of shit who doesn't understand what he's doing. It is not like you know. But anyway, we'll get to that. Um. So that's another actor. Then you have uh, Jeff Portnoy. <laughs> Played by Jack Black. Jeff Portnoy, Jeff Portnoy, Jeff Portnoy, <laughs> and Jeff Portnoy. Right. So he has a series of movies called Fatties, where he plays him. He plays all the different roles in in fat suits. Uh, kind of like a. It's a parody of the. What's it, what are those called? Tyler Tyler Perry movies. Medea, right? Yeah, Medea, Medea, by Tyler Perry. Um, which is just God, and that's another one of. So, by the way, I should. It's not clear. All the trailers at the beginning are showing us kind of like who these actors are. Um, Al Pacino. Right, Al Pacino. Another funny guy uh, who has a lot of commercials for his branded energy drink. Booty? Booty drink? Booty? Booty sweat. Booty sweat, that's it. And his energy bar, Busted Nut. Yeah. <laughs> Busted Nut, you know, the song that he sings is like, I want that pussy. Yeah, like, it's very, very uh, machoistic kind of uh, right. person, which comes back up later, obviously. Um, Dude, something insane. Yeah, please. Sorry, I just had to no, say. No, no, yeah, no, this is good. I didn't know, obviously. Okay, so you know Percy Jackson. Right. Is he Grover? He's Grover. No. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm like, I know he's a teenager. Yeah. I feel like he could, I guess, pull off like early twenties in *Traffic Thunder*. And the thing is, the craziest part is that this was only two years after *Traffic Thunder*. Holy shit! He played like an eighteen-year-old and Percy yeah. Jackson. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I I knew he looked familiar too. I just couldn't place him. That's, oh, yeah, that's cool. Brandon T. Jackson. I have not seen him in much. I've, True. And some of the things I know I've seen, I don't remember his character. Specifically, I don't remember Percy Jackson movies. I know I watched them. Don't remember them. And he was also in Tooth Fairy with The Rock, which is hilarious. <laughs> don't, nice. but I don't remember who he played. And oh, of course, he was in the first Fast and Furious. It says in Tooth Fairy he played Duke, and in Fast and Furious he played Alex (parentheses BMW driver). So, nice. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, so. These are the actors, and of course you have the director, who <laughs> played hilariously by Steve Coogan. True. Uh, one of the funnier parts of this first quarter of the movie. Uh, one of the, not that it's unfunny, but he's very funny in it. Um, and then you also have the uh, pyrotechnics guy, pyrotechnics guy played by Danny McBride. Danny McBride. <clears throat> yeah, um, classic. Class, class is a role made exactly. <laughs> yeah. Must have been written for him. Um, so we open up 
everything's going wrong. Pyrotechnics are going off at the wrong time. They blow up a shit ton of forest. Four million dollar explosion, and the cameras aren't even rolling. <laughs> True, the newspaper headline. Um, uh, Tug Speedman can't cry on command in the scene that he needs to. True. Um, Do with his fucking <clears throat> his like demogorgon hands, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah, that's also another part of this is the a key part of the memoir that the film is being made of is that the and you can see this guy the sergeant who is in the real life story he's missing his hands um which comes back up later too um so i don't think he's the sergeant oh i think i think rob Downey jr's character is the sergeant okay correctly all right well the the military guy i don't know (laughs) um i don't know lieutenant maybe it says let me look Hook-handed Vietnam veteran Staff Sergeant John Forley. Staff Sergeant, okay. yeah. Staff Sergeant. My, bad. my bad. Good. So this whole conundrum, not conundrum, fucking catastrophe happens. Uh, so Forleaf is like, we should just drop him in the fucking middle of the forest and and let him, let him, let him, let him fucking jizz all over each other. And we'll, we'll catch it on camera. And nice Nick Nolte impression. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, and then they're like, what are you fucking stupid? Why would we do that? And then he ends up convincing the director to do it anyway. <clears throat> Tom Cruise. Um, right, of course. Name. Iconic. He's Possibly, the producer, right? He's a studio executive, I think. Right. Yeah, he's studio just executive. providing them. He's yeah. funding the project. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, one of the big wigs in Hollywood who's funding the project. And doesn't give his approval, but anyway, they go ahead and do it because the director is very um, desperate because the actors are all being fucking assholes and not working well. Uh, At- Jack Black's, yeah. No, continue, continue. I was just going to mention before I forget, Jack Black's character also has a drug addiction, which is important. Yeah. Go ahead. Yes. So there's the uh, like a a party to celebrate the first week of filming being done, even though they haven't actually accomplished anything in the filming. And at the mm-hmm. party, Steve Coogan's character is going around trying to talk to all the actors and it's all unsuccessful, which eventually drives him to side with Nick Nolte's idea of actually going in the jungle and doing it. But mm-hmm. at that party, there's a very, very brief shot of who I think is uncredited, but I think it's Justin Thoreau reprising his role as the evil DJ from Zoolander. Or at least referencing oh my God. Role. You're right. Because I remember you, that now. You see someone who looks exactly like him. And I'm like, and Justin Thoreau wrote the movie and created yeah. the story alongside Ben Stiller. So True. clearly he's there. And it looks like it has to be. It literally just has to be him. Yeah, no. Like, he has like the dreads and the same outfit. And he's like spinning a vinyl. Like, the, it, it was so surreal. It was probably why I forgot. It's like they could have just taken that frame out of Zoolander. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It looks exactly exactly. the same. Um, We also forgot to mention Jay Baruchel as Kevin Sandusky. So true. Another funny part of the movie. Classic. He doesn't Um, have a a trailer at the beginning of the movie, though, unfortunately. I think that'd be pretty funny. Yeah, that would have... Well, this is kind of... I guess it's also kind of like this is his big break, right? Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As his character. Yeah, so... They drop the actors in the middle of the jungle. Uh, 
and they've rigged the jungle with hidden cameras and special effects explosions. Um, and they're like, you have to get to this spot by this time and memorize all your lines and act the whole movie out in real time. Um, but immediately the director steps on a landmine and gets blown up. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, it turns out that the area they were dropped in wasn't even, they're not even in Vietnam anymore. They're in the center of this, like, what is it called? They do a joke where it's like not the Bermuda Triangle, but like the Golden Triangle. Right. Which is, which is like the it's, heroin center, whatever. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's like a drug trafficking, like highways or something they call it like that. Yeah. So they're immediately like confronted by soldiers and shit. Uh, right. You, you love a good gag where the main character thinks that something's going on when another thing is going on. So the classic, like, Ben Stiller still thinks he's in a movie. All the soldiers are there. Dude, what is, like, them. a really classy example of that? It's like, I don't... It's so weird. It's so like, it feels so... Like, it's been done so many times, but I can't yeah. think of an example. Um, Similar in... This is, like, super micro, like, condensed example of that is Ben Stiller in Starsky and Hutch when he's playing Russian roulette with the sure. with the guy in, in prison or I guess yeah. in like the interrogation room and he doesn't realize that the bullet's fallen into his back into <laughs> his gun. So he thinks it's empty but he's actually like pretending like it has a bullet in it. But it actually sure. does have a bullet in it. It feels it feels like a kind of like a Pink Panther Peter Sellers sort of vibe. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I feel like there's a part of Pink Panther. Couldn't it's, tell you which one couldn't tell you. Yeah. What are you gonna say? It's like a, uh, a Charlie Chaplin sketch. True. Ben Stiller is the modern day Charlie Chaplin. Hey, not my words. That's according to Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> I mean, if Robert Downey Jr. said it, must be true. He knows Ben Stiller better than I do. True. Um, but yeah, so that's a classic dynamic that's going on. Um, Obviously, Ben Stiller kind of tries to take leadership of the group. I think he's also the only one who has memorized the lines and stuff, and is also trying to act the movie out at the same time. Um, he kind of rubs off the wrong way with Kirk Lazarus, who's like a more, obviously, very pretentious actor, more accomplished actor. Also, I think he's like a five-time Academy Award winner. So yes. that's like another another part of this is like, Tug Speedman's insecurity as an actor and being washed up. Okay, also, we have to talk about Simple Jack, <laughs> which is like <laughs> so absurd. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, Simple Jack is Tug Speedman's biggest failure in America, uh, where he plays someone with a mental disability. It's kind of like if you guys seen Mice and Men, you know, Lenny and Mice and Men. It's like a whole movie based around Lenny from My of Mice and Men. You know what I'm talking about? Do I know? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. so that's the, I feel like that's a good, good way to do it. Yeah, that works. Um, he's a farmhand. Yeah, so he is grappling with, with that along with just being wa washed up in general. So uh, he talks to Kirk Lazarus about that. Um, do you want to jump in here? Um, yeah. Um, 
So yeah, where were we in the plot? Uh, director's been blown up. Now they're all in the jungle. Ben Stiller's right, trying right, to be the right, leader. Right. So there's already some like some of the characters, specifically Kirk Lazarus, is like starting to second guess whether or not it's real, and they're like trekking through the jungle, and also Danny McBride and Nick Nolte's character, Nick Nolte being the sure. veteran that Ben Stiller is playing in the movie within the movie. Um, there's like a side plot of them starting to realize that something's wrong because they're not responding on the radio, etc. So they go to check it out. They get kidnapped by the same um, like drug runner, like <clears throat> drug farmer, whatever you want to call them. The, 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 the golden... The Golden Triangle criminals that are in the jungle shooting at uh, Ben Stiller and his team, who all he specifically is certain that it's still the movie. They're kind of on the fence. Kind of culminates as they're like trekking through the forest in a big argument between Kirk Lazarus and Tug Speedman about whether or not it's real. And they all decide to turn around except Tug Speedman. So Ben Stiller's character, he's like, I'm going to go out and finish the movie by myself without you. And he trudges off into the jungle, and they all decide to turn around. Um, after, I don't know, some amount of time, Ben Stiller ends up getting caught. But here's the thing. it They're given, specifically Ben Stiller's character, Tug Sweetman, is given a packet of all of the different scenes that they're supposed to sh- like act out. And all of the events that are happening to them are literally the scenes in the packet in order. So he gets captured, and he's like, he's like, oh, scene fourteen, captured and taken to POW camp, yeah. right on schedule. Also, when they're like, I think this is probably when he realizes, but afterwards they've captured him, they're torturing him, and they're like they keep dunking him in the water, and he's like, yeah. Damn, cut. Damien cut <laughs> every time he comes out of the water. Um, yeah, just a, I don't know, it's a classic gag. Um, it's good, but yeah. So then, at the same time, uh, the other part of the squad is trying to deal with Jack Black's heroin addiction. He's becoming like <laughs> he's going through withdrawals because of that stolen directly. Black Black. He's like. Trying to do the the heroin in secret, and Jay Burch's character comes up. To him. He's like, "Hey, man, what you doing?" Or something. I don't know. And he's like, "Well, nothing, man. Just eating jelly beans." And like, drops. You're saying a bat comes in and takes it, or I thought he yeah, just yeah. drops it. Everywhere. He, he does spill some. Okay, yeah. Scene, but he a bat also steals it after. The <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, he's like, the f-. Jay Jay Burch will ask for jelly beans, and he's like, he's like, hell no, you're the you're the only one who like gets upset when he can't eat his jelly beans. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, yeah. Uh, so we should also mention that at the same time, parallel to this, we're getting the executive side. Uh, I know we mentioned mm-hmm. Les Grossman, but like also Ben Stiller's manager, uh, played sure. by Matthew McConaughey, who is also a little confused because at the beginning of the movie, he would, Ben Stiller was like, he was like, so they set up the TiVo. Ben Stiller's like, no, actually they didn't. But that anyway, that's not the point. Whatever. It just kind of seemed like a one-off joke. But then Matthew McConaughey gets under the impression 
from what little information he has from the calls from Ben Stiller that he thinks that he's still talking about the TiVo. So he thinks the movie is still going on and Ben Stiller just doesn't have TiVo. Again, this is also, by the way, TiVo. 2008 moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, My aunt still uses TiVo. Really? Yeah, she TiVo's like, like live, I don't know, what are the fuck people watch on live television? I don't think I even ever fully understood what TiVo was. I think it's a lit. I old, do my knowledge of TiVo is fundamentally rooted in the line from the B movie where Barry's like talking to Vanessa while they're walking to the grocery store and he's like, So, TiVo, you can just pause live TV. And she's like, Yeah, you don't have anything like that. And he's like, Oh, we have HiVo. It's a disease, a horrible, horrible disease. I don't remember that line. That's pretty funny, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's essentially, I think you can like pause, record. When someone TiVo's some, when someone TiVo's something, it's like recording, recording it. it. So you can just watch so, it. Like, yeah, I, I think it's just like, that was the first cable box to have that feature. Obviously, right. you know, two years after that, everything, you know, no matter what provider had that feature. But I guess first it was TiVo. So it's like, oh, I need to get TiVo. So you can record live TV. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um. But anyway, he doesn't think he's getting TiVo, so he storms over to Les Grossman's office, who obviously played hilariously by Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise True. is evidently uh, very close, very close with Ben Stiller in real life. One of Ben Stiller's biggest first gigs was doing a uh, MTV parody. This is when Mission Impossible Two came out. Which I think was 2006. Let me just double check. 2000. My bad. So this is in the year 2000. Mission Impossible 2 just came out. And they did a a parody of it for MTV where Ben Stiller played Tom Cruise's stunt double. Who's like fucking insane. I don't know if you've seen this. We we haven't talked about this. Okay, yeah. Um, It's hilarious. Everyone should check it out. It's great. Um, So, but anyway, I guess from that point forward, from what I've read and seen interviews and stuff, Tom Cruise and Ben Stiller, they've always wanted to like work on a movie together. So this was like the moment for that to happen. Obviously created one of, I think the number one most thing I still see about Tropic Thunder is Les Grossman. Um, His dance. The dance. It's hilarious. (laughs) Still funny. Some like gross prosthetics. Yeah, that make like his hands like bloated and like. It's like the way that he moves in the prosthetics is so like entrancing. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? He has like, like a fake ass that's huge. Yeah, honestly, like it definitely must take skill to be able to dance in that. Yeah, yeah, um, dude, it's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> entrancing. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I, no, 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 you got a point. Um, he's got a point. <laughs> um. So, so that's also happening parallel to this. And when Matthew McConaughey goes to the office and is like, you better get him TiVo right now, Jack, or something. Um, that's my Matthew McConaughey impression. Um, uh, TiVo. We have TiVo in the claws. <laughs> true. Um, that's, that's real life Matthew McConaughey doing it, not the character. <laughs> Thank God you didn't say, all right, all right, all right. I had to, what if I had to boot you? Um, have you seen those... Matthew McConaughey Lincoln car commercials. Yeah. Dude, they're so good. They're Have you seen the Jim Carrey parody? 
I'm not, no. Iconic. In like, this was probably maybe like 2012 tier era, but there was like a, probably one of the few funny modern day SNL skits. It was like Jim Carrey was on the show and he just did like a four minute long parody of that where he's just, mm. anyway, we should watch it. It's great. People should check it out. Um, but it's at this point that they realize when trying to call Ben Stiller again that he's been captured by actual terrorists. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is obviously like, we got to get him out of there. Uh, Les Grossman is like, we'll make a lot more money if we don't and f- get the insurance claim. And then Matthew McConaughey is like, no, you can't do that. And Les Grossman is like, uh, do you like this format? <laughs> Um, what does he tell him? Fucking, he's like, oh, the he's, G- he's essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, listen, you'll get a private airplane and a lot of money if you let him die. And then, and then he starts dancing. A, yeah, he starts dancing <laughs> to hone in his. Also, Bill Hader's his assistant. <laughs> yeah, true. Who <laughs> has like a weird accent in the movie? Yeah, it's like doing a little voice. But yeah, um. But it's also the last time we see Matthew McConaughey until the end of the movie. No, no, there's another scene later that's like a a short, silent clip of him, like, looking at a picture of him, like, hugging Ben Stiller, because they've been (laughs) friends for 15 years. And then he, like, looks over his other hand, and it's like a private aircraft. (laughs) Like, a magazine for, like, private aircraft. Oh, yeah, I remember that, because also in the corner of his, this seems to be his house. There's like a simple Jack animated <laughs> cut out. Like, cutout. Like, yeah. <laughs> very funny. Like the Globo um, Gym cutout. Yeah. Globo uh, Gym. We're better than you, and we know it. So, they, the other crew of people kind of have a heart to heart, and they collectively decide to go back and save Ben Stiller's character. Um, I think there are some funny bits. This is obviously generalizing a good bit of the movie, but there are some funny bits where Jack Black's on withdrawals. He's like, you gotta, you gotta let me tie it up. Please, don't, don't tie me no matter what I say. Please, because obviously they're going to a heroin farm. Um, True. Also, you have the reveal that Al Pacino is gay, uh, which is obviously comedic relative to the fact of how macho he acts. Um... Which is comment anyway. on rappers. True. Um, and then there's Kirk Lazarus kind of starting to, because he's being called out obviously by Al Pacino. Uh, so you kind of get the start of that arc. What's going to lead to the climax of the movie, uh, where he's questioning the integrity of his actions. Um, but yeah, so they go back to see Ben Stiller and. Uh, based on the they they plan a rescue attempt based on the script. Um, so Kirk Lazarus impersonates a, f- a farmer because he's like, I learned Chinese for this other movie I did. Yeah, um, another. He's talking about how he worked at like a Chinese textile like, shop. Yeah, yeah a, a textile factory for like eight months or something yeah. to like prepare for his role. <laughs> so he he knows Mandarin. Which also is, I think, one of the funniest scenes in this movie is him speaking Mandarin to these True. 
because like some of the lines are like incomprehensible gibberish where he's using the wrong words and some of them are like they make sense but they're worded so like yeah comedically it reminds me of like that meme format from like ninth grade if you remember where memes were like verbose where it was just like the whole comedic effect of something was that instead of like saying something normally it was drawn out using like fucking every single word has been like thesaurus to be like the most complex way you could possibly say it and that's what it kind of seems like the way he's like he's like using these sentences to just be like get across simple points but they're said very like almost poetically or like abstractly where you're like yeah i guess that makes sense but no one would say that yeah like in my glorious rice farm my brother's expedient gifted like yeah i know i think i know what you mean um he's like i found this foreign devil (laughs) it's for you i want to look up the because there's a few hilarious examples from that that i thought were very funny true um and then during this scene also uh he's obviously like pretending to be a rice farmer so he's like covered head to toe he has a straw hat on um jack black is there too not helping because he's going through withdrawals just like keeps yelling things and then robert jenny jr just like spanks him multiple times shut him up um any luck with the lines there um hilariously they are not included on the scriptorama transcript wow that's that's weird so it's just like speaks just, chinese <laughs> like, no it's not even mentioned it's just jack black's interjections where he's like ow ow the straps are too tight ow you're whipping me that's hilarious yeah um but yeah so oh we should also mention before they do this whole plan we see that the oh, excuse me the flaming dragon people by the way that's the name of their gang the flaming dragon uh they recognize him, Ben Stiller, from Simple Jack. And they're like, you're Simple Jack. They all like bow. <laughs> you're Simple Jack. You love Simple Jack. And the one guy's like, you should have been nominated. <laughs> True. His face, like, yeah, thanks. And he has a little line where he's like, yeah, no, it's just, it, it, would, it would be an honor. It was an honor to be, it would be an honor to, to be nominated. The guy's like, oh, you were nominated. He's like, no, no, I'm just saying that. To be nominate, nominated would, would be such an honor. <laughs> it's a funny little Ben Stiller. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, so then they force him to every night, I guess, give him give them a rent a live rendition of Simple Jack, um, which obviously is enough to break his mind. And by the time that they go in to rescue him, he's like. First of all, he, he's claiming that this one Chinese kid is his son. Give him like, my son gave me this. True. I don't remember the son's name, but anyway, he's like acting crazy, talking about how he doesn't want to go. This little twig, buddy. <laughs> he's like, I get a standing ovation every night. I am home or something. Standing, like that. A, a standing room only audience. <laughs> <laughs> True. Standing room only audience every night. I am home. Um, and then it's kind of like a, a good parallel there because it's like in Kirk Lazarus like trying to get Ben Stiller to leave and come home and break out of his trance 
at the same time you get the climax of the Kirk Weiser's character. True. Uh, realizing that what he's doing is insensitive and terrible and not helpful as an actor. Um, at the same time, and then he obviously wipes off. He's Australian again. Um, Where am I? Father O'Malley. <laughs> yes. He's uh, a whole thing. A yeah. little. Yeah. Um, I couldn't find it on any script online, so I'm actually going to have to go through myself. Wow. That's the sad part. All right. Well, then at this, I'll just keep going, I guess. Um, Jack Black has a little face-off with the leader of the gang. Um slams him into the room with all the heroin and then he has his little moment where he rejects doing the heroin uh what True. else i think that's a it's about it for the whole he, action yeah he incapacitates two like armed guards by shoving heroin in their face true yeah um and then they have to get to the helicopter that danny mcbride is in uh, and they've rigged the bridge to explode. Um, funny moment where Ben Stiller's like, all those people, I have to go back because they're they're my family. I understand these people. Runs over the bridge. Obviously, we hear gunshots. He comes racing back. He's like, I was wrong. The kid we claimed was his son is like stabbing him in the neck. True. To- one of, obviously, one of the funniest moments is he tosses the kid acro- over the fucking bridge um runs into the helicopter uh and then then Matthew McConaughey appears <laughs> running through the forest running through the forest dirty as fuck he's like I got the TiVo I got the TiVo as the helicopter is like taking off and the leader of the gang is pointing an RPG at the helicopter throws the TiVo box up the RPG hits the TiVo and it absorbs the blast, saving uh, the gang in the helicopter. And. Which is a direct parallel to in the actual fake movie they were trying to film. Uh, the real Four Leaf, who, by the way, I don't remember if you mentioned this or not, has been revealed to have been a fraud and not actually sure. done it. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. yeah. But. In the, in the movie script they were initially supposed to film, Ben Stiller's character, Tug Speedman's character, Fourleaf, dives in front of a grenade and blows his hands up to prevent it from blowing up a helicopter. So now in this scenario, it's the T-bow instead of his hands blowing up the rocket instead of a grenade to save the helicopter. Very good point. Um, but yeah, so we're going to cut to... We see Ben Stiller looking out at all the destruction. Cut. Zoom out. It's the Oscar nomination screen. We're at the Oscars. He's nominated for Best Actor in Tropic Thunder. Oh, no, Tropic Blunder. Uh, I don't know what the caption is. Justin said it before, but it's like the most expensive uh, it, fake. Yeah, most expensive fake true... No, like fake real war movie, war story movie, something like that. Yeah. It's pretty good. Then we get to the end of the film. Uh, Les Grossman and Bill Hader are lamenting their win. Um, they have a little moment together. It's funny. 
Bill Hader walks out of the room. Ben Stiller, uh, ben Stiller uh, Tom Cruise gets up, turns on the uh, music. Ludacris get back and dances. And then the credits roll as he dances. And that True. is Tropic Thunder. Ben Stiller beat um, <laughs> Tony McGuire and John Voight. And, True. Uh, and Tom Hanks and Sean Penn. Those are the other contestants. Yep. So that was the plot of Tropic Thunder. And yeah, it was extensive. Yeah. As we always do. And again, if you guys don't like this format, please feel free to let us know. But uh it's called the true story behind the making of the most expensive fake true war story ever. It's hilarious. So was this your first watch or rewatch of Tropic Thunder? It's like my fifth fucking watch, dude. I've been watching this shit since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. So, how do you feel this this stacks up with with a? Because you know this is often quoted as one of the greatest comedies, modern comedies at least. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. I think it was uh, pretty least, good. Yeah. Not like I wouldn't say greatest comedy tier. It is really good, though. I do think it is really good, and maybe it is just because I've watched it so many times. I feel like it's easy to forget how creative a lot of the content in the movie is. True. Um, The question is, how are we going to rank it? That is the question. (sighs) I might give it a seven. I'm thinking seven as well. I know we already have a lot, but seven is on par with United Museum two, and Along Came Polly and Cable Guy for me. For you, it's Along Came Polly, Heartbreak Kid, United Museum two, and Meet the Fockers. That that feels about right. I know I'll have to like distinguish them during the summary of Stiller, but that that feels right to me. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Seven. Seven. Nice. This is simple. True. Um. The watch. Did you know that Owen Wilson was originally supposed to be playing Matthew McConaughey's role? I did not. That's but pretty he, funny. Though. He. This is real. This is not a joke. He attempted suicide, and because of that. Just separately, obviously, Ben Stiller gave the role to Matthew McConaughey so that Owen could relax. Hmm. I never, never knew that. I did not know that either. Um, but yeah, are there any final thoughts on Tropic Thunder? I guess him and Ben Stiller, that is, and Jay Baruchel are are buddies because he was also in the Museum too. True. As Joey Motorola. <laughs> In the, in the he also gets the the one post scene. the post credit scene. Yeah, yeah, of course. Where he finds the iPhone. Yeah. Um, hey, ma, yeah, no. I'm I'm taking apart the iPhone. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Tropic Thunder, really good, and yeah, I, I feel like this is gonna be a pretty brief episode because of how I think these are very straightforward. Or at least Tropic Thunder is pretty straightforward. 
as far as the public discourse goes about it. The watch will be a little more interesting. Um, Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. True. True. after Steve Coogan gets blown up <laughs> licking the gold dripping out of his disembodied head. And Steve Coogan also in Night of the Museum movies. As true. Jedediah. Not Jedediah. So Jedediah. Octavius. 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 Yeah. Octavius. Um, Jedediah's infinite rage. <laughs> the fucking... <laughs> we thought that he was he was going to infiltrate the White House. <laughs> <laughs> true. That would have been awesome. Um, Steve Coogan singing that we desperately <laughs> God, I wish. Um, Alright, so yeah, we can get to the watch now. Here's the thing. I don't think a lot of people are aware of the watch in general. True. For for the cast it has, I'm surprised at how unknown it is. Because that shit is like unheard of, unspoken of. The film broke even. It has $68 million budget and grossed $68.3 million. Which is... And it had generally negative reviews. Which is weird. Why? I don't get that. I mean, I can I don't agree with it, but I think I can see why. Just knowing general criticisms. I we live know. in a society. We live in a society. Um, but yeah, it makes no sense with the cast. I mean, obviously, directed by Akiva Schaefer, one of three of the Lonely Island. Also directed Pop Star. Yes, and also directed Pop Star, the greatest comedy movie of all time. Um, <laughs> candidate, candidate, candidate. Um, and uh, yeah. Seth Rogen was also one of the writers with Evan Goldberg, yeah. classic duo. On that is a classic duo. So super bad. Yep. Um, hey, you know, did you ever watch? I think it's called The Night Before. No, but I see. I remember when it came out, there were so many trailers for it. I saw. I also was like, that was around that the time. Was that Evan I, Goldberg. I wonder. I do. I kind of want to see that. I don't know. Most yeah, I remember I watched it like when it came out, and I was very disappointed. Oh, really? Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and you know Evan Goldberg. Oh, and, yeah. Okay. So since written by Evan Goldberg. With a bunch of other people, of course, but him and Seth Rogen are like a classic combo. So yeah. you know what? I was excited. Unfortunately, I mean, granted, I haven't seen it since like 2015. Yeah. So I might think it's hilarious now because I didn't like Wedding Crashers when I watched it in 2015. True. So it might actually be very funny. Could be worth a rewatch. Yeah. Someone's got to talk about these comedy movies because. And I feel like I've talked, we've talked about this so many times throughout Summer Stiller and probably before, but like these movies that we're talking about, The Watch, even ones that might not be good, like Night Before, other ones that they've written, like The Interview or Pineapple Express or whatever, like these types of movies, specifically comedy movies, aren't being pushed in theaters as much anymore. True. You know? They're most. Yeah. It's a huge movement. Yeah. You know like what I, mean? the, I don't know if there's a name for those types of movies. Maybe there is. We there just is. don't know. Okay. Yeah. So, but, well, um, maybe not the movies, but it's like a whole genre, essentially. Or like, it's, it actually refers to the group of people 
called the Frat Pack. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. Have you heard yeah. about that? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, obviously yeah. a reference to the Rat Pack, but specifically named after the movie <laughs> Old School. Todd Phillips, you know, Luke yeah. Wilson, Will Ferrell, I think. Yeah. I haven't even seen that, but Ben Stiller is credited as one of there's like a, a core defined like five or six like members of the true frat pack and then there's like like 70 like associate like sub members like associated directors associated actors and it's like literally like every fucking comedy movie from this time period is in there you know oh, and every yeah. actor in it you've got like every single person that was in like all like all the Judd Apatow staples all of the Wes Anderson staples all of like the fucking Ben Stiller and all of them like crossover and they're all in movies together at some point or another you know what I mean you know Jonah Hill Seth yeah. Rogen fucking Danny McBride you also have like Owen Wilson Luke Wilson Ben Stiller Will Ferrell John C. Riley. it's like it's literally like a hundred fucking people it's crazy and if you, it literally is exactly what we're talking about it's like all of these movies oh yeah I'm just scrolling through and we've covered I think almost all of almost all a good chunk of these like or a good chunk of, I should say, a good chunk of stuff we've covered has fallen into this category. Right, right, right. Um, we have not covered a good chunk of it, though, because the list no, is like... There's, like, so many, obviously. It's, like, every comedy movie from, like, 2000 and on. 1990s, actually. Yeah. Like, so Wikipedia true. includes, like, Cable Guy. Like, yeah, no. Nah. Um, which That's makes insane. sense. Um, but, yeah, no, like, this, this type of movie doesn't exist anymore, really. Like, I didn't get to the... The bigger picture, which is comedy, isn't really a major theatrical push right now. You know what I mean? Um, just as a on that level of issues, like it's just like it's been resorted to like, oh, like we'll make one and sell it to Netflix, or we'll make one and sell it to Amazon. You know what I mean? It's like streaming has right. absorbed it, but it's not like a streaming has absorbed it. Like, oh, like I want to see this comedy movie, I'm gonna watch it on Netflix. It's like there's no it's just all mediocre. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, I don't know. It's, it doesn't feel the same as it used to, not even just frat pack, but like otherwise, like what's the last good comedy movie you saw in terms of release date last as in like most recently released that I've seen. Yes. Bullet train. Okay. Is, but does that count as a comedy movie? Actually, I haven't seen it. Okay, yeah. No, I'm it's about, like, definitely supposed to be funny. Like, the whole movie is comedy. What about, like, traditional, like, comedy? Like, it seems like the only thing that's in theaters is, like, there has to be action attached to it, or, like, you can't put it in. You know what I mean? I mean, have you seen The Nice Guys? Yes. It kind of struck me as a similar comedy to that. True, that's a good point. It's, like, some of the comedy comes from, like, violence. You know what I mean? Violence yeah. being one of the four pillars of comedy, obviously. I mean, this one obviously is way more over the top and violence centric compared to the nice guys. But I don't know. Traditional yeah. comedy, as in like, what does that even mean though? You know? Like, well, I just mean like. Tropic Thunder's also got action that there's like gun fights. What about like. That. Something we've covered, let's say like something about Mary. You know what I mean? Or like. Like a rom com? With the parents. So, yeah, I guess those are rom coms. I guess maybe that's what I'm talking about. Rom coms are. Okay, but frat pack movies, I guess, are just some of them, specifically like old school or like 
not that I like it, but Step Brothers, you know, they're just like, just comedy. There's nothing else in it, right? There's True. no like, maybe there's a fucking sliver of romance randomly. But like, yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of emotional through line, but, yeah, um, yeah, fair enough. I don't watch a lot of like movies that are just coming out though. So I don't, yeah. Know. I mean, Bullet Train was a, uh, convenient example because it's also like the only contemporary movie i've seen <laughs> you know what i mean like i do want to see that look don't tell evan i said this but i thought it was fucking hilarious i'm assuming oh, obviously from what you just said but like evan didn't like it <laughs> i don't think he watched it but we were in theaters oh okay again also an action comedy but we saw everything everywhere all at once and when we saw that in theaters, we saw the trailer for Bullet Train, which obviously came out like... I've seen the trailer. Later, it looks great. For Bullet Train? Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. it looked insane. In theaters, I was like, dude, first of all, love Brad Pitt. Second of all, it just looks like a fun, goofy little movie, you know? Good yeah. time. And Evan, like, looked over... Like, I didn't re- I didn't react to it yet, and he looks over and he's like... like did some like hilarious Evan like criticism of it, which I thought was funny in its own right, and I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. Now I know not to ask you to come with me when I'm to it. Yeah, no. Um, famously, both in person and this is happened on the podcast, but like, there are movies like we'll talk about or like that are coming out soon or like have just come out where we're like, oh, like that was pretty good or like this looks pretty good, and like Evan, if it has just come out. Evan's like, yeah, no, I read the plot for that on Wikipedia. It's, it's kind of sucked. I'm like, <laughs> he told me, he told me, dude, this is maybe out of oh, out of an ocean of unrelatability to Evan's media consumption. It's maybe fine. the least, the least, because I, I say that lightheartedly, mostly joking, because him and I have, for musically, very drastic different tastes, which we come to heads come to head about heads whatever the fuck it is point is we disagree on music a lot and we disagree on movies a lot as well not as much but still the most unrelatable thing i can't even fathom the lifestyle that he must lead in this regard he says he actively seeks out spoilers and thinks yeah. movies are better once they've been spoiled yeah, 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 what does that, that mean that's that's, that's nonsense yeah no he he's he think, I think he's told what he told me was like he finds it I don't want to okay I don't know this part this might be an indirect quote but like more interesting I guess to like have the spoiler and then see how it's done or maybe not more interesting yes. but like yes. equally so interesting no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's like yeah like it doesn't matter if you hear spoilers because you get to see how it's done and I no. obviously inherently disagree with that but <laughs> see okay part of it that I can appreciate is that He's obviously very into, like, film theory in terms of, like, how movies are made, the thought processes that go into how movies are yeah. made and, like, the scenes. Oh, he's in he's the one who should have a podcast, not me. Yeah. Right, except it probably would be a lot more technical and more esoteric in terms of wanting to listen to it. If you want to hear him, like, talk about, like, how they like invert the colors on like some specific scene in Onibaba from like 1962 or whatever. Sure. Point is, okay. I can appreciate that you like to see how the movie's made. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe that is the, maybe that is the fundamental difference is that I obviously 
am watching it for the experience of watching it for like right like you want to be surprised you want to be i want to yeah. I'm, I'm watching it for the like story not like and if it's something i i if i'm interested in like the behind the scenes and i'm not just talking about like special features on the dvd on the behind the scenes but like actually how it was made and, like analyzing that shit i'll rewatch it i'll like focus on that shit when i'm rewatching it you know what i mean yeah it's not something where i'm like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going into fucking bullet train, wanting it to be spoiled so I can see how they do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't I, make sense to me. Yeah. No. I think. I don't know. We live in a, a turbulent time in pop culture where it's like you have a side of people who like will ingest anything that's given to them. That's the reason we're in the position we are with, for example, comedy movies and why they're only on streaming, right? Like people got used to like only wanting action centered slash superhero movies in the theaters, um, movies, which I love, but I mean, I think it's a pretty clear truth that that's the case. Um, people who will ingest anything. Then you have the other side where it's like the film bros, where I think obviously Evan, who's our friend falls into where it's like people who will pick apart everything will discount anything before even giving, like there's no chance given. It's just like, Oh, this is coming out. Well, it's this type of genre or it's from this company. So it must be trash and it must be for children. So I'm going to read the Wikipedia plot slash. I don't care about this. Don't talk to me about this. You know what I mean? Depending on who you talk to. Um, Yeah. I don't know. It's an, it's very interesting phenomena, I guess, that comes with having uh, such a massive amount of content pumped into our culture. Yeah, I guess, dude. Rick, Rick. The thing I love most in the world. I just want to mention. Yeah, that was the only other one I could find that was not like didn't sound like it was coming out of a potato. Um, <laughs> but they didn't remind me that we didn't talk about that in Trouble Thunder. The panda scene where he's being attacked by an animal. True. He kills And you don't see what it is. Time. It's a panda. And it cuts to the photo of him in the magazine holding the baby panda. True. Also, the implication there, I guess, is that... Okay, so Jay... Burchell, who in the movie had went to the acting boot camp before this. He's the only actor who did to mm-hmm. prepare for like the role as a Vietnam soldier. Determined based on his math skills, I guess. That based on the duration of the helicopter flight to drop him in the forest, that they were somewhere outside of Vietnam, even though that's where they were supposed to be. They determined he was probably in like Laos or like Myanmar is what he says. Mm-hmm. Apparently yeah. they're in China. A very tiny, tiny, tiny little sliver of land in like central China, which is the only place on earth you're going to find pandas in the wild. True. Because that's the only explanation as to why they do panda. Also, there's no bamboo in sight and bam- pandas exclusively live in bamboo dense forests. Just wow. kind of a you heard that Ben Stiller kind of an okay Ben Stiller moment. <laughs> I'll give I'll give you a pass though because it was a good movie. 
just been corrected by at our sustainable oceans. <laughs> Jesus. Or sorry, is it, isn't it sustainable hour? Or is it, like, yeah, it, is. it is sustainable hour. Dude, That's an gotta, AI that I'd never hear again. You gotta reactivate that account. So funny. I simply just need to log into it and use yeah. it. You How should. am I gonna post on it, dude? You should. I think that'd be a funny funny uh, progression um that would be funny. yeah but guys check out at sustainable hour on twitter check out met 3090 uh what's the code i don't know the fucking I don't know, dude. Not, not not how to pirate how pirates pirate <laughs> movies okay it's yeah. not how to pirate how internet pirates illegally download content <laughs> true it's not a tutorial okay it's a documentary <laughs> Yeah, if if there was, it's like it's the same thing. If there was a documentary on drugs and they showed exactly what ingredients and how to make like <laughs> meth, like this is just a documentary about meth. Okay, this is yeah, not okay. instructions. Listen, I had to do research. It's not like I knew how to do it going through this. <laughs> All right, can we can we get to the watch, bro? Sorry, right. <laughs> let's get to the let's get to the watch. Do you want to take that? I mean, this is like you have extensive notes on this. I literally, notes are just direct quotes that I thought were funny, but there are a lot of them. <clears throat> this movie is an interesting one. It's, as we started to get into, forged on an incredible cast. You know, you've got Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn, Jonah Hill, Richard Iowati as, like, the main four central characters. Uh, you know, like, side characters. You've got Bill... Um, Will Forte is not Bill Hader. Why did I say Bill Hader? Yeah, Will Forte. Yeah, Will that's Forte the is cop. police chief or whatever. Just like some cop that's in the area. The point, the plot of the movie: Ben Stiller, very fastidious young man, who it's a classic Ben Stiller role. No, it is. It's like the Tower Heist <laughs> character, where he's like super serious and like dead focused on like getting stuff done. It's almost exactly so it's the like, Tower Heist character. It is exactly the Tower Heist. So, he's very so smart, so I'm not mad about that. that. Yeah. He plays like the straight man in the movie, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, no, he plays a good straight man. And he's like starts a bunch of clubs. He it starts with a pretty funny um what's it called? Like a, a satire of like the the American white middle class like neighborhood suburban guy that's like I have I have black friends. And like that's literally yeah. what he says. He's like no, no, he's I'm like, I have, like <laughs> I have an Asian friend, I have two Hispanic friends, and I don't have any black friends yet, but I'm working on it. Yeah. And it's like him, like, saying hi to, like, the mailman or some shit. <laughs> yeah. It's very, uh, on the nose. Yes. Very tongue-in-cheek, which might be <laughs> the opposite of on the nose. Anyway. Um, he works at Costco as a manager. Also another classic satire on the same white middle-class guy who's like, I started working as like a shelver at Costco, and then 15 years of hard work later, I'm like floor manager, and he's like saying it as if it's like this huge accomplishment that his life has culminated in. Anyway, he has the unfortunate uh, luck or lack thereof to witness, or I guess not witness, but to encounter his one of his close friends, one of his Hispanic friends actually, being True. murdered by an unknown attacker at Costco overnight. 
he comes to the con- or the realization that the neighborhood desperately needs a neighborhood watch because under the jurisdiction of Will Forte's character, clearly there's some sort of, you know, some sort of force to handle crime that is not there that needs to be. So he forms the neighborhood watch, hence the name of the movie. And nobody shows up to the meeting except Vince Vaughn, Jonah Hill, and Richard Iowati, who are all very caricaturesque. Yes. Vince Vaughn is like the the dude's dude. He's like the cool, funny, like man cave sort of guy. Alstonian kind of, you know. Yes. <laughs> Will or uh, Jonah Hill is like <laughs> he's like a he's like a what's what are they called like a proud boy kind of yeah well it's like you, i think everyone knows like there's always that one kid in high school you know who like is super into the military and right, like right, right. wears cargo pants you know what i mean like that sort of thing he's like malcolm Mona's if he was more no, like i was trying not to say it but, <laughs> but malcolm Mona's is chill so it's like yeah. exactly i'm saying he's like in terms of the military aspect of being aesthetically into the military yeah but Jonah Hill's character is nothing like Malcolm. Oh no, yeah, no. When I first saw him, I was like, "Hey, it's kind of like Malcolm." And then he choked a child, and I was like, "That's not like Malcolm." Did he? Yeah, at, at the at the when Ben Stiller does his speech at the game. Oh yeah, dude, that was kids, hilarious. The kids are laughing. Oh, he's just he's sitting there like with a knife, and then he looks over at them laughing, and then yeah. you cut, and his hand just comes in. He's like staring at the kid. Yeah. Um, like while he's talking or some shit like that yeah something like that in his classic Jonah Hill delivery anyway yeah sorry yeah, he's ahead. like the, but he's very aggressive he's very like got rejected from the police academy so he like wants to be like a fucking <laughs> he failed the physical <laughs> test he failed the mental test yeah the psychological he failed the test. written test the psychological yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very good very good Richard Iwati is like kind of like his classic like nerdy character but on top of that, also throwing in like a, a frat pack, like raunchy humor side. Yeah, I think it's a good combo, honestly. It's a I good agree. It's, it's a nice. It's a little spice to his normal character. Exactly. Also, yeah. when he when he gets there, you get the return of the joke you mentioned, where he's been so was like, I'm black. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I didn't expect, I didn't expect someone like you to show up. You're actually, I couldn't, I couldn't have planned for a better person to show up. That is so funny. Richard, dude, his, Richard Iwadi's, like, voice is so good for the character as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have this fantasy of an Asian housewife <laughs> who thanks me for helping her and then proceeds to suck my balls. Dude, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Anyway, um, they go out. To, well, first, Vince Vaughn is like, dude, they have, like, this hilarious scene where Vince Vaughn is like, oh, we need to... We should go check out my man cave in my basement because it's, it's like, it's got beer, it's got a fridge and a fucking pool table and shit. Mm-hmm. And Jonah Hill, I believe Jonah Hill is like, oh, it sounds a fuck lot better than this. No offense, because yeah. like in Benson's living room, it's pretty good, pretty good. So they go there, they're hanging out. I don't think, oh, they're all like ignoring Ben Stiller because he's like his classic character he has like a fucking like graph on like an <laughs> easel that he's like trying to read them yeah and they're all just like trying to hang out and like listen to music and shit 
we get this funny scene where Vince Vaughn's daughter comes in the garage and asks if she can go hang out, and he's like screaming at her, <laughs> just like, and she's like, it's like the kind of like the opposite of the normal stereotype in a movie where the teen is like really moody and doesn't listen to reason. Complete opposite because she's like the high school girl. She's like, Dad, can I go to my friend's house? And he's like, literally just like screaming for no reason. Yeah. Like, it's like, fuck no. And she's like, Dad, I'm trying to talk to you like an adult. I want to have a serious conversation. And he like is like childishly like interrupting her and like shouting at her. Yeah. Well, it's, it's also in the funny. middle of him telling Ben Stiller, he's like, So why don't you have kids? Or something. Like, he's That's like, my angel. That's my daughter. Yeah. He's like, You gotta have a kid. It's like, it was the best thing you could you could do for your life. And then she comes in and he starts yelling at her. Yeah, um, no, it's very good it's timing. Yeah, the daughter. Sure. Sorry, go, go on, go on. I was go gonna on. say the daughter. She'll might recognize. Uh, she's in now in the boys. Have you seen the boys TV show? It's a good. You, you would like that, I think. It's great. She's uh, one of the main characters. But yeah, I was surprised to see her there. But anyway, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Um, you're saying Ben Stiller or something? Oh, he goes. He goes home because they're not paying attention to him. True. And there's also a subplot that's referenced in like four or five scenes in the movie where Ben Stiller's trying to have a kid with his wife, but he's True. very clearly not making the time he needs to to be fucking her. And he's constantly like leaving when she's like trying to have sex with him or some shit. Anyway. He's also sterile. Yeah, but that's not revealed yet. Yeah, yeah. okay. Sorry. She doesn't know that. She doesn't know that. Yeah, she doesn't she know that. She's trying to have a child. Yeah. Um, so yeah, some shit happens. He goes home. I think some other stuff might happen. Maybe. Point is, the next night or the next day, they like they're like hanging out outside, or like they meet up for their, like their first like real like meeting or some shit. And Vince Vaughn has prepared them jackets with like this like logo on the back that's like Ben Stiller had already drawn up a logo which is like an eye with wings like looking over the neighborhood and Ben Stiller yeah. or, uh, Vince Vaughn has replaced the eye with like a flaming tiger and mm. Ben Stiller is like I, I don't I don't get it what's the like what's what are we a doo-wop group and then Vince Vaughn has like this hilarious line where he's like first of all doo-wop groups were known for closing ass which <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's like music was their hobby closing ass was their job which I've literally never in my life heard that terminology. That, yeah, me neither. Of, I didn't even know what it meant at first, but through context, it is made evident that closing ass means getting laid. And yeah. I also heard it again in Wedding Crashers, used by Vince Vaughn. So maybe he really? invented this fucking term because I swear I've never yeah. heard it before. It's just a term he uses, and obviously both films include improv, so he just happened to improv it twice. Right. Yeah. I don't anyway. know. It's funny. They yeah. go on patrol for the first night. Their whole goal is to catch whoever killed Ben Stiller's uh, co-worker from Costco, who's the night guard. Yep. <clears throat> and throughout the movie, we can kind of tell they all think they're buddies, and they all mostly are friends, except Ben Stiller's kind of like, he's not really in, in it for the friendship, and his friendships kind of seem very superficial. For example, the first scene where he interacts with his co-worker from Costco. He like his co-worker just became a US citizen, he just passed the test. And he shows off this like tattoo he got in celebration. And Ben Stiller supposed to be his friend. He's like, Oh yeah, I'm so happy for you. But hide that tattoo because it's not company policy. 
It's yeah. like this guy's kind of an asshole. Clearly not actually like a good friend to any of these people. You know, he's just kind of there. Um, they go out on patrol. They're staking out Costco in the parking lot to try and see the killer because. You know, that's all they can think to do. So they're all in the car. They're just chilling in the parking lot. It's the four of them. There's some good back and forth going on. Vince Vaughn, like, crack open some beers. And Ben Stiller's like, open container. And Vince Vaughn's like, it's not a big deal. The car's not moving. And then um, Will Forte pulls up in a car next to them as the, in the cop car. And he's like, hey, uh, what you, what you guys doing? It's the big bad neighborhood watch. He's essentially just mocking them. Obviously, yeah. no one takes neighborhood watches seriously in real life either. Um, they're like, oh, we're staking out Costco because that's, you know, the killer always returns to the scene of the crime. And Will Forte, which becomes like a running joke throughout the movie, is like, yeah, and you're back, you know, making some kind of yeah. implication that he thinks Ben Stiller is the killer, which comes up pretty frequently. Anyway, Will Forte, like, makes fun of them for a while. And then writes him a ticket for open container, which is pretty funny because also it would literally realistically have been impossible for him to have seen the booze because <laughs> yeah. they like hit it before the car was even yeah, anywhere put, near Put it down, like, put it in between your knees or something. Yeah, yeah, it is a good scene there. And um, they get their first call. Someone calls him to come to like the track at like the neighborhood, like high school or some shit. They show up yeah. and get egged by a group of teenagers <laughs> who are making fun of them. Hilarious, you know they don't. No one takes the neighborhood watch seriously. Again, further reinforcing that. They chase down and Bensor tackles the ringleader of this group of kids, who's some like little dickhead. And <laughs> they take him into this police station to penalize him for egging them. And there's a very funny interaction where they're like telling Will Forte, who's like in charge there. They're like, oh, this kid was egging us, and Will Forte's like, wow, we're gonna we're gonna put him behind bars, and they go through this whole scene. <clears throat> they leave, and the kid's like, you're not gonna do anything to me, right? And Will Forte's like, no, of course not. <laughs> and the kid goes, he's like, well, can I get a ride home? <laughs> and Will Forte, who's confiscated his skateboard, or Ben Stiller confiscated the kid's skateboard, yeah. and then gave it to Will Forte. Will Forte has it, and the kid's like, can I get a ride home? And Will Forte's just like. Fuck no. And just throws the skateboard <laughs> across the room. It was very yeah. funny. Yeah. Anyway, kid ends up leaving, and then we see some shadow of something that looks not like an alien, some kind of beast or something. Mm -hmm. Or not like a human, rather. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> we don't want yeah. to spoil it, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, Something's chasing him. We see its shadow. It's running on the rooftop, like jumping across roofs. So clearly, some crazy shit's going on. And it's implied the kid gets killed. I think it like shows him get killed off screen or something and escape. They also mention it later. Yes, it, they do mention it later when Will Forte accuses Ben Stiller of killing him. Yeah. Um. So they're like, the guys are like partying. They're all singing, taking care of business. <laughs> no, it's not taking care of business. It's the other um, Bach Maternal Overdrive song that's always on one of seven point nine. Um, oh, oh, um, fucking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, what is it? Just have no, 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 um. That's gonna bother me. Um, <laughs> no, it literally is. I need, I can like, feel yeah. it to my tongue. It's, um. Let me see something. You ain't seen nothing yet. That's what it is. Oh, yeah, you ain't seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. 
Good so they're saying that they're all celebrating their first like successful mission as their night watch. When suddenly there's a sickening thud as they hit something in the road, and we're like, we're we're gifted this beautiful scene where everyone in the car is freaking out, that everyone's talking at the same time, but overshadowing all of it is Jonah Hill like loudly and like very emotionally. He's like, was that a kid? Did you just hit a kid? And he like he's like keeps going on about it, and he's like, oh. Oh, you're in a lot of trouble. You're you could get 15 years in prison, and then immediately Ben Stiller starts like freaking out because he was driving. And then John Hill goes back and he's like, "No, no, don't worry about that. That's not what's important." <laughs> it's very good. They get out of the car to find some weird green slime on in the grill of Ben Stiller's car. And a weird tentacle. Yeah, there's a little chunk of tentacle hanging out of it, which leads them to all speculate what they could have possibly <laughs> hit. Which they call it. <laughs> someone suggests it's octopus, and Richard Ayoade picks up the tentacle, and he's like, "Yep, that's octopus, fresh one." <laughs> it's so good, dude. They're like, "Oh, it, it's clear what's happened." Ben, you said it earlier. I, I don't. Remember. Yeah, it's like um, uh, Vince Vaughn's like, "All right, it's clear what's happened." Uh, Derek is that his name? Is it Derek? It's Derek. Evan for some oh, reason. Oh, sorry, maybe I don't know Evan. why. Is it? Okay. I'm going to look it up. Um, go on, go on. So he's like, it's very clear here what happened. Uh, ben Stiller. <laughs> I'm just going to say Ben Stiller. Ben it Stiller. Is, it is Evan. Okay, Evan. Evan accidentally, obviously, accidentally <laughs> hit a crate of octopus that fell off a truck that was heading to a local sushi restaurant. <laughs> and then they, like, um, 30 seconds later, I don't know how they got to this part, but then he's like, Okay, he says the same way. He's like, okay, it's clear what happened. And then obviously accidentally hit a Japanese man who had eaten sushi. Yeah. No, a Japanese man who was eating an octopus. I'm oh, sorry, yeah, eating an octopus. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, it's so good. And, and then you have the slime. Yeah, yeah, you had that, that hilarious slime that I didn't even remember until you said it. Yeah, no, it's um, Jonah Hill's. <laughs> but it's, it was like, look at this, look at this green stuff. This is the same. Uh, I saw the same green stuff near the body of Guzman, the character, the guy from the beginning of the movie, right, right, his right. friend Guzman. And instantly, the t- again, I said this before we were talking about this, but like the timing is so perfect. Like this joke, like again, on paper, would, <laughs> would I feel like could might not really work, but it's done really well. It's like same one near the body, and then Jonah Hill is instantly like <laughs> Jonah Hill is instantly like. Had he just won a kid's choice awards, and then like starts to explain that like yeah like he got slime like you get slime when you get a kid's I don't know it's very funny um, little yeah no that's good it's also like we said um, oh there's a, we were talking about this briefly before we started there's another Nickelodeon green slime kids choice awards <laughs> reference in Tropic Thunder. Which, not only two Ben Stiller movies, but also coincidentally the same two we're doing in one episode already. Kind of interesting. True. Um, it also, goes to show how amazing and immaculate our planning was when we designed the schedule for the summer of Stiller. That's a good point. Yeah, Ben Stiller's talking to Jay Baruchel shortly after... Um, this is in Tropic Thunder, I'm explaining the reference. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert Jenny Jr.'s character essentially convinces Jay Baruchel to 
side with him in terms of it's not a movie, this just really happening. And then immediately after Ben Ben Stiller goes up and he tries to convince him it is a movie. It's like the exact opposite. And he's like, you know, I'm really glad you're like you're like working on this with us. I really see a kids' choice award awards in your <laughs> yeah. future for this. You're, you'll get slimed and everything. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no. And also, I remember now Jonah Hill when he's talking about the slime the kids' choice thing. He's like, yeah, you have to do something really significant with like kids film to do that to to get that award. It's very funny. Improv. This is a classic Ben Stiller improv fest where it yeah, seems yeah. like a majority of this had to have been improved. I also read a review where there someone was talking and they're like, I guess that's why some people don't like this movie is because there's so much improv that's like chopped up within it. I guess it just comes it's down like to taste. The dialogue is very fast paced, like just little back and forth. Yeah. Well, it's like, there's a very, the person, the review I read was like talking about that and talking about how, again, it's just, everyone looks at it differently, but like, most of the dialogue in this movie, like you said, is like based, sorry, most of the comedy in this movie is based in the dialogue and like banter, which is because of the improv. Whereas they said like it would have been more, I guess they find more value in comedy that's done through physical things too, which is a little bit in the movie. Like you have Jonah, Jonah Hill with his knife, you know, you have the third act with against the aliens sort of thing with a, their dicks exploding but a spoiler kid sorry censored right there anyway go ahead right so they're all discussing um what's happened with this tentacle and green goo oh there's a hilarious they like touch it and i think <laughs> taste it also and they're like going on about how every single aspect of it is cum like they're like it feels <laughs> like cum smells like cum some shit like that they're yeah. like there's like a very good like very quick off like Vince Vaughn reaction where he's just like they're all like yeah it's like come it's like come like he's like touching it to see for himself he's like it's very come like it's it's just like a good little quick delivery yeah yeah he's like blast his mind is blown that it is very come like anyway it's in front of this old guy's house a farmhouse because they're in like rural Ohio essentially and. The guy, they find this weird orb that's like looks kind of like a metal bowling ball in this guy's easement, right, right near the car crash. And the guy comes out of the house and he's like, "Get off my fucking property!" <laughs> and he calls Ben Stiller "sweet lips." And you can see Jonah Hill like look at Vince Vaughn and he's like, he like confusedly like mouths "sweet lips" as if he yeah. didn't. It's pretty good, pretty good, and. They eventually get chased off the property with a shotgun, but not before stealing the metal ball secretly. They end up going to a scrapyard, or like no, it's just some like farmyard with like yeah. a tractor and shit to like test out what the metal ball is. And they end up sticking their fingers in it, and it shoots out a laser that blows shit up. So like, okay, this is some Joker ass <laughs> technology we've just found, and they all think it's like the CIA or something. Yeah, and I was progressed from there. Um, I believe they uh, well, they want to go back to the farmhouse and talk to that guy to do something but I don't know he calls them he calls someone he's like are you guys on my roof 
Remember this? No, yeah, I know, but there's a reason. Because remember, there was the whole scene where they're talking about Jonah Hill seducing him as a distraction. No, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> why would they? Why, I can't remember why they were trying to distract him. To get inside his house for some reason. Yeah, but... I think they thought that he was involved with it, because like, why would it be in his yard? He must be involved in it. We have Maybe. to get inside there and get intel. Right. Yeah, I think it was to get intel. There's like this hilarious back and forth where they're all like throwing around the idea of Jonah Hill, like going in there to like seduce this old man to like di- yeah. as a distraction. And I just want to say the funniest part of that for me was like you expect Ben Stiller to play the straight man through that because he has true. And yeah, in the he's, middle, in it, he's, like, he's like he's like yeah, that actually would work. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's a bit of a turn there. Um. I just want to find it because that shit was so good. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah. In case in point, they go back there later. The guy calls them. He's like, "Are you guys on my fucking roof?" And they're like, "No, sir. We aren't. We, we gotta go." And they assemble the watch, go to the house, True. and find the alien there. Um, ben Stiller does. He has a funny scene where he's like <laughs> trying to communicate with it by looking in its eyes, and offers it some True. gum. It's um, like Jack Black with the candy bar in King Kong. True. That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> um, Alien obviously comes out. He's evil. He's yeah. the guy. The little guy's dead. Um, yeah. Then actually this part made sense obviously. Well, I guess we don't want to spoil it, but Ben Stiller hits it in the head with a gnome. Which they think kills it, but actually just knocks it out. Um, they bring him back to the man cave True. and have a montage where they're partying with it, take photos. It's also, like a photo shoot, which was also pretty fun. Which one, of, one of the photos will probably have to be the cover, half the cover for this episode, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what yeah, else. That's pretty good. Huh? Dude, I just thought it was so funny when they were like trying, they were coming up with the idea for Jonah Hill to seduce him. And Vince Vaughn's like, oh, put a wig on him. He'll go in there, you know? And yeah. Jonah Hill's like, I am not. He's like, I'm not willing to go past second base with this guy, but if it comes down to it, I will. Which is like the classic. And then Vince Vaughn says something like Vince Vaughn, just like Vince Vaughn, like you're gonna get fucked in the ass or something. I don't know. <laughs> he's like, the worst case scenario, he wants to dance to, to some oldies. No, he's like, best case scenario, dance to some oldies. Worst case, you get fucked in the ass. <laughs> it's so good. It's just a great scene. I don't know if we skipped over it or it happens after this, but there is the. Uh, Vince Vaughn's daughter party scene. Oh, they split that's, up. that's that's later. That's later. Okay, sorry. Yeah, but there's a scene that actually pre, uh, like, you could say preludes it, but also on the Facebook sets it up. It sets it up. Yeah, where he checks his daughter's Facebook and sees a video <sighs> of her making out with some tool, and he goes into her room. I hope you said the line. I think you're gonna say. <laughs> so funny. Oh yeah, definitely. I know it's the same. Yeah, I mean, you must be because it was my favorite. I like I wrote that. That's one thing I actually wrote down in my. Phone. It is genuinely hilarious. You know, yeah. you, you have to know, and I'm sure everyone watching does. Vince Vaughn's delivery, where he just like says shit like fast paced. He's a modern day fast talker. He's up there with yes. Eddie Murphy. You know, Shia LaBeouf <laughs> at one point was in the running. True. They're fast talkers. I'm, I'm they, sure they if you look at the backside of those DVDs with Vince Vaughn, they're going to say fast talking. X. Fast talking. Uh, Repo Man becomes Santa Claus's brother. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's like exactly. the same thing. He's he's always a fast talker. He's like fast talking. He's like, yeah, I was I, I was on your Facebook. So what? Yeah. And what's up with this? 
Wait, what was his name? I need this kid had a name. I will look it up because I there's no way I remember. Um, there's no. It's not super necessary. Henry, but is I it think, Henry? No. The watch characters. Nick, no, Jason. It was Jason. It was Jason. Okay, there you go. Right. He's like, hey, what's up with this? What's up, what's up with this Jason character? What's up? What's up with this boy toy? What's his Toy Story? <laughs> Dude, I lost it. Yeah, the no, his delivery really is is impeccable. It's it, comes I'm out of nowhere. You, yeah, Vince Vaughn might have some of the best line delivery of like comedy history. It's it's awesome. <laughs> Who's this boy toy? What's his Toy Story? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. It's a Toy Story, so good. And then she's like, "Dad, just get out of my room." And he's like, "Okay, okay." But and then he sees like, it's a classic thing I've seen before. Like high school girls will have true. like yeah. a collage of like pictures on their wall. even college girls. Yeah, true. That's so true. And his delivery is what makes it so funny. He's like walking. He's like, "And hey, what's with this? What's with this collage?" Yeah. He has like this long drawn out like. Like he's in genuine disbelief. Very good. <laughs> it's to show the relationship and to set up the, the relationship between him and his daughter and to set up her relationship with this boy toy. Which comes into play later. His toy, story, his toy story does in fact come to play later. It does. We do get to know, we know it. We get his toy story. And shortly after that, actually, that scene I think happened before they went to the old man's house and found the alien and took the photo shoot with it. I think that was before yeah, that. I think so. Also before yeah. that, there's a kind of a bonding scene before, between Vince Vaughn and Ben Stiller where they're on Ooh, a park bench on a bench. That's when they get the call. Yeah, you're right. It's right before they go. Oh, to you're the right. It's, that's yeah. where they get the call. Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn are hanging out on a bench just talking. And that's where it's revealed Ben Stiller's infertile. And Ben Stiller <laughs> is like talking about how, you know, he's afraid to tell his wife. And Vince Vaughn's like, why are you afraid? She married you, not your dead jizz. <laughs> Which is, that was so good. That's such a his bluntness too. Very funny. True. He also Ben Stiller's like dancing around saying the word penis. He's like, you know my, uh, you know the down and Vince Vaughn's like, you're what? The prick? Just say Come prick. Up. Yeah. It's good. He's very very crass. You know, he's an Uncle Buck type character. Oh yeah. And so yeah, everything we just said they. Um, before the scene you were referencing, which is also a great scene, very funny actually. But before that, they realize, oh shit, true. I totally forgot about the big reveal, right? True. No, no, that isn't yet. Okay, so, um, how? Okay, how did they find out? It was after they killed the alien. So they, they kill the alien, they oh. bring the alien back, it gains consciousness and escapes. During the photo shoot. And photo it attacks shoot. them and it attacks them in the man cave, destroys the man cave. And then yes. they have it like pinned or some shit. They somehow overpower it. And it like says to them in English, We are already among you and then like True. Grabs the metal ball and runs over. And away. then that's when Ben Stiller realizes he's like my creepy neighbor, who we've seen like two scenes of. Yeah, his creepy neighbor's like looking at his window and like always talking about how oh, fit he skin. is. Yeah, fit, fit human specimen. specimen yeah, yeah. yeah. So this, he must be an alien. Yeah. They. Oh, also the body of Guzman, Ben Stiller's friend who was killed in the movie, was found skinned. So they're like, True. oh, they're among us. He was skinned. 
they wear our skin. They look like us. We don't know who's an alien. So there's this funny ass scene where they're at Costco oh, the yeah. next day at like a a fake display of like a campsite, and they're like sitting in the camp chairs with the fucking fire <laughs> burning, and they're like in the campsite, and they're like, oh, we haven't slept. And we, we don't know who to trust. It could be anyone. It could be those people. And it's like a montage of them, like, literally just making fun of, like, customers at Costco saying that they're oh, aliens yeah. because of how they're behaving. And to go back to one of my favorite Ben Stiller lines of all time from Little Fockers, where he says he played a little algae, algae type water plant or some <laughs> yeah. shit like that. We can go back and find the line at some point. But he has, like, a little algae type. Algae seaweed, algae seaweed type creature, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. He had some little. He had a very similarly delivered line in this movie that I thought was funny, where they're like, "Look at these people. Magic oh, beans. Look at that lady." It's kind of like, yeah, magic beans. Yeah. He's like, "Look at this old lady," and it's her picking up like a grapefruit, and he's like, he's like doing an impression of her. He's like, "Oh, what's what's this little weird circle human fruit?" It's pretty funny. Like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, like what an alien would be thinking. And fucking Jonah Hill, I think, is like, he's like, look at this little asshole. And it just was like a fucking, was it Vince Vaughn? Yeah, it's Vince, he looks like the little no, 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 kid not, eating ice cream. Yeah, yeah, it's oh. like a fucking child. Yeah, it's like a child yeah. eating ice cream. He's like, look at this like, asshole. Look at this little asshole. So primitive, so messy, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, But yeah, yeah, so that's, and then they reassemble to go scope out we this neighbor's house. We see the in Costco, buying magnums. True, and they're like condoms. And sure Vince Vaughn yells, "There's no way your dick's that big!" <laughs> and and the kid just like grins, like strikes a troll <laughs> face, and walks away. Yeah. Um. Then they go to stake out the neighbor's house. Something weird is going on there because oh, he's having a, no, no, the neighbor's in Costco, and he's like, "Oh, Evan, um." I'm having a party. He invites him to a party, right? It's like just yeah. He's like, I'm having a a meeting, a get together in my basement. Some characters. There'll be a lot of interesting characters there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so they're like, he walks away, and everyone and Ben Sor's like, he's the alien. He's the alien. He's the alien. We have to go <laughs> and check it out. So they all, oh, they race back to his house where they walk in on his wife spread eagle on the <laughs> dining room table. Jonah Hill sees everything. <laughs> the little Famously, one saw everything. Yeah, that little weird one. Or that, yeah, yeah, the little one saw everything. <laughs> which is such a good line on his wife's behalf. And Ben Stiller's like, I can't fuck you right now. I have to go stake out something that I can't tell you about because it's a secret. Because there's aliens are real, Morty. And he, they all run out and his wife's like, cool, my husband sucks, I guess. And they're all sneaking into in the hedges, in the fucking bushes near his neighbor's yard, and they see him greet the door to some strangers and take them inside, and they're, like, trying to be quiet, and obviously they're all really loud as shit, and Vince Vaughn gets a phone call from from his daughter saying she's like, going to a party that yeah. her parents aren't going to be home, and he said she can't go, but she says she's going to go anyway, so he's like, we gotta go, we gotta go, and Evan Benstow's character is like, we can't, this is too important. These, this like the the fate of the world rests on. Is like it, you know. This this is literally the fate of the world. It doesn't matter that your daughter's going to a party, and there's kind of a schism in the group where, <clears throat> um, Vince Vaughn's like, listen, you stay here, you do this. This is too important. I gotta go. And you know what? You know what? We work. We already have such good. We we work so well together. Uh, 
Jonah Hill, Franklin, that's his character. He's like, Franklin, you're coming with me. And like, before he even finishes, Jonah Hill has like this hilarious line where he's like, he's like, I'm so fucking far ahead of you, it's not even funny. And he's like already walking away, like towards the car. And so they leave. Ben Stiller's furious because he's like, the watch is falling apart. I'm fastidious and everyone's not listening to my rules. But Richard I, Richard I. Whitey stays with him. And they're like looking through the window because they hear like screams coming from this guy's basement. And they're like, fuck, it's the alien nest. And then suddenly they get jump scared by the neighbor who's behind them, who's silently approached. And he's like, why don't you come inside? And he's like leading them into the basement. And they're like, this is it. We're going to die. Turns out, big reveal, Morty. They open the doors to the basement and it's a sex dungeon. And there's like a 50 person orgy going on in this guy's basement. And, um... Ben Stiller's like, we gotta get out of here, man. Come on. And then Richard Ayotis... Oh, he's a pro Asian housewife. Yes. Yeah. Who asks to suck his balls, and he's like, I'm gonna see this one out. <laughs> Something yeah. like that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm we gonna see how get, this plays out. Yeah. Yeah, we get a tiny cameo of also the Lonely Island, the three of them jerking oh each other off in a circle. Little fucking Lonely about, Island like, circle jerking. Yeah. yeah. Um, Spencer leaves, and is that when he walks in on his wife having wine with a friend, complaining about how he doesn't have sex with her? Yeah, is that when he, yeah, when he that? runs home and he's because he and he tells her, her that he's fertile. Yeah, yeah infertile. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, um. <laughs> Also, I remember the, I not remember, but I saw that the actual line Vince Vaughn says about the kid isn't look at this asshole, it's look at this little piece of shit. <laughs> Which is even better, right? That's funny. So then, um, Richard Iodi is back. He knocks at the door. Ben Stiller is like, having a moment with my wife. Can we not do this right now? He's like, it's important. You're going to want to hear this. And then they all meet back up and he cuts his hand open. Also, his wife is not part of the watch. Cuts his hand open, green blood, green blood, and Vince Vaughn is there, and he's like, "It's come like, it's come like, yeah, yeah, they find out Richard I. Whitey is an alien. He's been yeah. the whole time, apparently." Then he explains to them that he, uh, the alien's plan is to come to Earth, send up a transmitter that will bring in the alien armada, and they'll destroy Earth and whatever. Here's but, he, but he, yeah. I'm sorry. Continue. Continue. I was gonna say, but he like said that he learned the the value of human life and culture or something. So that's why he's telling them, and that's why he's in the watch. Anyway, yeah. True. So he's like, get out of here while you can. You have there's hours before the world's gonna blow up. Yeah. Or the, not the world's gonna blow up, but the aliens are coming. Get out of here. <laughs> he also tells him the the signal that the aliens are gonna send to like call on the mothership is located at Costco. Yes. And what's your question? Um, oh yeah, it's is there any direct line that states he's always an alien, or is it up to the viewer to determine whether or not oh. he became an alien within the time frame of the movie, and he was a human when he first was introduced as a character? That's interesting. I don't know actually. I feel like you're led to believe that he's been an alien the whole time. Right, of course. Well, yeah, because there's a moment. I didn't mention before because it was a spoiler, but when they first see the alien, Ben Stiller and him, the alien just like is staring at Richard Ayoti instead of eating him. True. Which shows now I mean, looking back, like, okay, something was off there. He knew that he right, right, smelled right, right. like he was an alien or something. Had you seen this movie before? 
No. Oh. Right, yeah. So, I guess you're right. Good point. Um, do I can't... Find it. Anyway, <clears throat> yeah, he reveals he's an alien and runs away. And they're like, fuck, you can't just do that. Just I just kicked something and it hurt. Damn. Anyway, they're like, we can't just like sit down and let the world be destroyed. You know, we got to do something about it. So they head off for Costco with Benster's wife, who's now part of the crew. Um, He'll get guns from Jonah Hill's house first. Yes. He lives with his mom, and there's a scene where he, like, is, like, really rude to her. Get the and, like, fuck out of my room! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after they leave, he, like, whispers to her. He's like, I'm sorry, mom. I just want to be cool big man. Yeah, I want to be a big man in front of my friends. Yeah. It was very... <laughs> it was very Jonah Hill of them, to say the least. Yeah. Um, they go to Costco. They... There's an alien... Oh, they call the cops on the way to Costco, and they're like, and so there's like, yeah, yeah, and so it's like, there's, he's gonna say that there's aliens, but he knows the cops won't believe him, so instead Jonah Hill, like, takes the phone, and he's like, Ben Stiller did it, he killed Guzman, he's gonna be at Costco, or something like that. Yeah, 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 obviously we know Will Forte thinks it's Ben Stiller the whole time, so, they're at Costco, they're inside, there's an alien, that is like leads them to a grate in the floor and they're about to go after it when Will Forte and his partner show up and make a big scene and they're like look there's aliens there's aliens and he's like yeah right you're under arrest Ben Stiller and then his partner gets killed by an alien and then he's like holy shit aliens are real <clears throat> and they have like a fight and he gets shot or something doesn't he who? Will Forte. He gets, like, stabbed or something. Oh, he... Well, first his partner gets blown up. Did you say that already? His partner gets killed because the alien, like, shoves its arm through his yeah, chest. Yeah, and he, like, tries to put the his heart back in his chest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, no, he gets shot. Who did he get shot by? That's what I'm saying. I, but I have a memory. I feel like it he just gets thrown. I don't know. He, something happens. He's injured. Yeah. Um. So they leave him... With the wife. Behind with the wife while they go into the grate to try and uh, find the alien signal to stop it. Yeah. And then Vince Vaughn takes on his daughter's uh, boyfriend, or not boyfriend, love interest. He does get thrown. Who happens? Okay, yeah, he gets thrown. Vince Vaughn fights the guy who tried to have sex with his daughter, who turns out to be an alien. We totally forgot to cover the actual party scene when Vince Vaughn oh. is away with Jonah Hill. They, like, go to the party, and it's, like, a high school party, and, the, like, the boy toy is, like, trying to pressure Vince Vaughn's daughter into sex when she's clearly not into it. Well, she says so no, and should... towards the end, she literally is, like, no, and he's, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. one, and then before it progresses anymore, Vince Vaughn and Jonah Hill come in. And they make time. Um, he's, like, man, and... you guys ruined it, and, like, he tries to, like, walk away. Um, yeah. Yeah, Vince and, Vaughn... uh... Yeah, you you can explain this. You also had a good uh, or a good quote from Jennifer. Should I just play? Should I just play the voice message? <laughs> it's funny. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, guy tries to walk away. Kid tries to walk away. They're like, he's like, hey, get back here, fuckhead! They're in the middle of the party now, and 
he the kid like instantly throws Vince Vaughn through a glass door, which is also a sign that he's an alien early on. True. Um, it's like a feat of human fucking yeah. Herculean. And then Jonah, Jonah Hill like pulls out his knife and he just like <clears throat> he, like smiles and just walks past Jonah Hill. Obviously, um, then the kid goes away, and then Jonah Hill is there, and everyone in the party is looking at Jonah Hill. He says this. That's right. That just happened. You don't tell your friends about this. You don't tell your parents about this. You put it in your dream journal. You put it under your pillow, and you lock it up. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, I said that immediately after I rewatched that clip, so which is why it was so perfectly uh, quoted. But yeah, so that happened earlier in the movie. We forgot to mention. <clears throat> True. So yeah, he's fighting the boy toy, and he's like, "I can do this myself." So, uh, uh, Jonah Hill and Ben Stiller's character are now on their own. They have to go. <clears throat> they find the transmitter, which is the metal ball, and Ben Stiller climbs up it, and he's like, "There's like, there's fucking aliens there that are like fighting, and they're like, they have to defend it, and they're like, what do we do? Shooting him's not working, and then suddenly the balls start exploding." And we're like, holy shit, what's happening? Richard Iowati shows up with a fucking shotgun. He's like, guys, I'm on your side again. And all, they're, they're, they're fucking... The weakness is the, the, weakness is the penis. Is penis. Or the balls. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, like, oh, dicks. and then, yeah. <clears throat> so they tell Vince Vaughn, the weakness is the dick, right as he's like being like fucking cursed by the boy yeah. toy. So he reaches up and rips the guy's dick off, and he wins the fight. And then he shows up, and they're fighting, like, hordes of aliens. Also, he's like, Magnum XL my ass, or something. Yeah. Didn't even need two hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It off. Sorry, yeah. So, yeah, they unplug the transmitter before it's too late, and they're running from, like, hundreds of aliens. They crawl up the ladder out the grate where they first crawled in, and to block the aliens, or at least buy them a few seconds, they push a refrigerator over the grate so the aliens can't crawl up it. They run out the store. They're in the parking lot with Fensler's wife and Will Forte. And um, essentially, it's... Oh, there's actually... There's a pretty good... Ah, I don't remember how this fucking happened. Maybe you can... Maybe you can remind me the specifics behind it. But at some... Somehow they, like, rig the entire Costco to explode and that's their like their their hail mary you know their victory is concluded when oh oh of course they don't bring it to explode i'm retarded they fucking take the orb that they put their fingers in and that shoots a laser and they shoot costco and it envelops the entire store and then the entire store explodes and right before it blows up and so it has this funny ass line where he whispers it's like, oh, I gotta. It's so good. It's also. It's like so quintessential Ben Stiller. And I say that about like all of his fucking lines. True. It's so good. He like is about to blow it up and he's just, goodbye, sweet child of mine. <laughs> and then the fucking building blows up. It's like out of nowhere. Yeah, it's no, just, it's so good. <laughs> great. Oh my god. And it blows up. They're like, it's like raining fire. Oh, they're also closer to the store than his wife and Will Forte. 
who are out in the distance and they see it blow up and it looks like they're all eaten by the explosion as well but then they walk out of the fire like badasses you know and <laughs> it's like Will Forte's like Will Forte's like are they dead? He's like talking to the wife who's like peeking above the cover of yeah. the cop car. He's like, are they? He can't see because he's injured. He's lying on the ground. He's like, I'm so sorry you lost your husband. It's okay. You'll move on. You'll find yeah. someone else. And then he's like starting to trail off as the smoke is clearing. And he's like, actually, I'm single. <laughs> yeah, he's just single <laughs> yeah, sure. Trails away. And then they come out of the, the dust. It's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's hilarious. We can get into a Will Forte conversation after this. True. Fucking but, fall, fall of Forte next year? Dude. <laughs> next year, more like, have we entered fall yet? I don't know. After the summer is over? Might as well, I guess there's no... Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fall of Forte. <laughs> it's good. Anyway. Um, they come back, and the like police are arriving, and one of the last scenes is... Vince Vaughn's like talking to the guys. He's like, you know, in all that like debris, there's there might be some knickknacks. We can we can go. There might be some knickknacks. And like as he's talking, Jonah Hill like because it's clearly on fire. He like pulls up his fucking collar over his mouth like a fucking fire shield. He's like, yeah. he's, like, he's, like don't even finish it. And like starts walking off yeah. screen as we, as he's like leaving already. And he's Vince Vaughn starts walking away, and Vince is like, you know that all the stuff's insured. It's and Vince Vaughn just like he's like, no, just get a couple knickknacks for the. And just like trails <laughs> off, he just like walks away. It's so good. It's so good. And that's like the end of the movie, I think. Well, then you get a little, small little montage after of like their life afterwards. So Will Forte's new partner is now Jonah Hill, who's in the police force now. Um, Vince Vaughn. I don't actually remember what Vince Vaughn does. I don't know. His daughter's chill. So, something with his daughter. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, his daughter has like a new boyfriend. He's like, oh scared, yeah, she's going to be scared of him. The kid's uh, like, is it true your dad ripped your last boyfriend's dick off? She's like, yeah. And she's like, yep. And, and he's like, all right, I'll be back by midnight. And the kid's like, uh, actually, sir, I was thinking uh, 1030, if that's okay with you. And he's like, what are you sucking my cock for, kid? Are you trying to be a sucker, motherfucker, yeah. pussy? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. That's the Vince Vaughn fucking... <laughs> he was very vulgar in that movie. Yeah, yeah he was. He was. <clears throat> yeah. Ben Stiller finally has a black friend, maybe. I don't remember what his montage was. I think he's just back to normal, sort of. Well, no, he, oh, but he has friends. Oh, him with his wife, like having sex with his wife. True, and then he has oh, a little... adopted a child. Yeah, yeah. And then Richard Iwadi's fucking <laughs> montage scene is him going back to the orgy. <laughs> Which is hilarious. He's, yeah, he's like a... He's a fucking... grandfathered into the... He's a seasoned orgy mm-hmm. clientele. All in yeah, all, pretty good, pretty good. I don't know why. I don't know. I, I guess it's because I'm like a, uh, so I guess a sucker for improv, for lack of a better term. Like obviously, we've talked about how incredible it is in Night at the Museum Two, in all these other Ben Stiller films. So I feel like I, I feel like I actually this might be a hot take, sort of not a take, but like this uh, is a fact, but. I feel like I laughed out loud at more things in this than Tropic Thunder. Not that this I was like, did, yeah. not that this was funnier than Tropic Thunder, or that one is funnier than the other. I just feel like the type of comedy in Tropic Thunder overall is more like baked into the scenarios. You know what I mean? 
Right. And you're just like you're in a constant state of like, this is funny, this is funny, and then every now and then Jack Black will say something or Ben Stiller will have a funny line. You're like laugh. Whereas yeah. this this is like situational, and then round of improv, and you're laughing. You know what I mean? Um, I think in the end, I do think it's a funnier movie, but probably just because that is. I think that is like more funny, like that comedy, that kind of like yeah. dialogue-based comedy. Yeah, not, I'd agree. Not ex- obviously, they can both be funny. I just think, and maybe it's just easy. You know what I mean? It's easy sure. to just like watch this shit and be like, "Yeah, these are hilarious-ass conversations." Yeah, and it feels more like personal, like stuff you when you're joking around with your friends, sort of. Exactly. Thing, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It's like a real dialogue real. And conversation. Yeah. joke you know it's good it's good it's good which similar similar banter in literally the day after i watched the watch i watched wedding crashes because i was in a vince vaughn mood and i told the deal this earlier before we started the episode i think vince vaughn is candidate or not well yeah sure. <laughs> but i think the wedding crashers is candidate for one of the funniest movies of all time it's so so fucking funny and it's because of the same banter between like him and owen wilson and fucking bradley cooper what christopher walken is so good in that movie as well and rachel mccann is also very funny it's just a great like perfectly sculpted movie i'm telling you. oh yeah i definitely want to rewatch that for fucking uh v- trying to think of a v word i was literally of- just the vernal <laughs> <Vernal. presents. laughs> Uh, fucking. It's the vernal equinox, right? That's a thing, right? I don't know. Vernal, it means summer. No way. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. March 20th is a vernal equinox. We'll do vernal equinox of uh, Vaughn. Vaughn? No, vernal equinox is spring equinox, I'm retarded. There you go. But vernal. A vernal pool is a body of water that is you know <sighs> seasonal it doesn't always have water in it so it can't support fish so it only has like insects and amphibians and shit in it mm-hmm. we could do something with that maybe true we'll have to look into it but i think for now we should finalize by doing the ranking i agree the watch genuinely i laughed out loud so much at that movie so dude i'm giving up a lot uh, of the stuff we watched recently, very high. I'm afraid I'm going to have to give another 7, but I'm not sure yet. Interesting. I might give it an 8 or an 8.5, only because I feel bad giving out so many 9s, so willy-nilly even. And I also think, so I guess I can kind of see what your argument was, which was that the reason people might not like it is because the whole improvisational aspect of it, you know? I yeah. think I think part of the reason... I, I think the plot line and the story is kind of, like, mid-tier. Exactly. It's kind, kind of simplistic and kind of also just, like... Drags uh, it down a little bit. Exactly. So, really, the best part is just the dialogue. You know what I mean? I'm which thinking... is, I think, what might set it a tiny bit below something like Zoolander, which was... Hilarious plot what did and I, hilarious, uh, like, comedy aspect. Yeah. What did I give uh, 6 or 6.5s to? Starsky and Hutch was a 6.5, which 
I think that's pretty low. Yeah, no, I'm, whatever. I will reevaluate that one. Something about Mary also six point five, and a that is a you didn't give anything a six yet. Okay. Well, I definitely laughed at this as much as something about Mary. I feel like. Dude, I feel like this is way better than something about Mary. I know, I don't know, I know way I, better because I ranked like Mary higher because I felt like it had more like um, influence and like it's sim- symbolic influence sort of thing. Anyway, I'm, I'm gonna, for now I'm going to give this a six point five. Interesting. I think I it would be it would be seven ish, but this, the plot was little, you know. Yeah, I'll give it an eight just because of the sheer volume of. Like that's jokes fair. that I thought were noteworthy, you know what I mean? That's fair. That's fair. Okay. So to recap, we both give Tropic Thunder seven, the watch eight, six point five. Yep. Interesting. Stay tuned for the summary of Stiller in a couple mm-hmm. after the next two episodes, where we go over sure. our full ranking and summarize the bonus. It's the bonus. Episode of the season, exactly. kind of sort of like a, you know, you get DLC for a game. It's like that's what the summary of Stiller is going to be. Exactly. But um, yeah, I mean, if you don't have any other thoughts, I think we've completed. Ready? All right. Well, Very nice. well, guys, don't forget to do any number of the things we told you to do at the beginning of this episode. True. And keep your eye out on social media. Um, Justin, I have to ask. It's required. Anything you want to plug? Mm. Um, <clears throat> not that I can think of. It's fair. I mean, not, we do see you every episode, so <laughs> yeah. It's like I don't have that many projects going. Nothing new yet, but just check out King Reef regardless. True, I agree with that. And yeah, so we will catch you guys next episode for the. We're ser- we're getting a little more serious. We're talking about Green Bay. We're talking about Marywood stories. We're talking about Secret Life of Walter Mitty. True, the serious might- still episode. True, serious. That might be the title. We wanted to do Tone Master for those who saw Tower Heist. You know what I'm talking about. But it doesn't fit with the S theme. So maybe not. We'll see. Sure. We will see. All right, guys. Follow at Filmatic Podcast, at The Fish King FX, at Our Sustainable Oceans, Sustainable Hour. Sustainable Hour. <laughs> Uh, at Justin Fischler on YouTube, MET3090, How to Pirate. Um, yeah. <laughs> check out my school projects. <laughs> yeah, what was the one with uh, Frank Alvarez? The... Oh, dude, that was from ninth grade. That, <laughs> that was CI so awareness. That was hilarious. Not that that topic is hilarious, but... Of course. Anyway. Guys. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. To the movie factory. To the movie factory. We'll see you next time. I've been Nabil, and he's been... Justin. And we'll see you next time on the Summer of Stiller. Key the Summer of Stiller jingle.